Welcome to the world of WE Kiwi, where friends come in all sizes, shapes, and species. And now, our new story WE Kiwi and the Waste Wonders of the Four Eyed Crawling Belonga. <laughs> as W.E. Kiwi sat on the train staring out the window. It had been a very successful day at work. We had to go to a new site of a new factory. W.E. was a mechanical engineer and designed cars and bicycles. The factory was 50 kilometres from his home, so it was a very early start to get there on time. W.E. liked to catch a train, as this meant he could read and drink cups of tea on the way. The sun went down peeking behind a mountain. There was only another 20 kilometers to go. W.E. looked around the train and it was half full. He didn't notice how many people were getting off as he was reading his book, The Deep Dark Investigations of the Detectives of the Smarty McSmarty Party, Volume 3. No one sat opposite him, so he stretched his legs out and leant against the window. The sound of the train on the track was a soothing melody. He imagined how it would sound if he added some instruments to the rhythm to make his own tune. He closed his eyes. Headlining on a stage at a concert in the park, he would start the beat. Whipping up a storm, the crowd would cheer him on. So happy, he would jump from the stage into the crowd of adoring fans. Their hands carrying him, surfing him along. Sideways, then to the back. He'd be transported to the back of the crowd and into a tent. The tent was white and red with a gigantic pole in the middle holding up the roof. From outside, W.E. could hear the distant rhythm, but a louder thud came from the end of the tent. It raised his suspicions, leading him to see where it was coming from. The side of the tent had a long slit in the side, which made him more curious. Walking to it, a voice called. Hurry up! W.E. wasn't late for anything, so how could he need to hurry up? I need your help, it won't move! The voice yelled louder. W.E. put his head through the slit in the side of the tent. A jet of hot air hit him. It made him close his eyes and shake his beak. When he opened his eyes back up, he was in a factory. Conveyor belts were in front of him, with rubbish hurtling past at great speed. The voice came back. I'm over here. Help me, mister. W.E. went forward, and there sat a strange creature, pushing a wheel at the end of the conveyor belt. The wheel wouldn't move, even though the creature pushed as hard as he could. Push from the top, please, the creature instructed. W.E. was taller than the creature, so with both wings pushed at the top of the wheel. Slowly it started to turn. The creature grabbed W.E.'s waist and pulled him backwards. You might get hurt once it gets up to speed. 
The wheel turned faster and faster, till it was going so fast it made a humming sound. The creature took W.E.'s wing and led him to the end of the tent. There, they went through a round door. Inside was a gigantic green sofa and table. The creature wiped his brow and sat down. The sofa almost gobbled him up, as the creature was quite small. He beckoned W.E. to sit with him. W.E. sat down. Now he was able to have a good look at his new friend. He had massive fat three-toed feet with blue nails. His body was round and his head only slightly smaller. Green fuzzy fur covered him, which made W.E. think of him as a walking, talking tennis ball. The creature didn't have a neck, but rolls of fur. Two brown eyes were close together on his face, with two holes under them. W.E. guessed these were nostrils. There weren't any ears that could be seen. A blue stripe of hair went sideways around his head. What W.E. saw next made him double-check to see if it was real. The creature's arms were long and chubby with four fingers, but on his wrists looked like one eye on either one. Those can't be eyes, W.E. thought, and as he stared, both of them blinked. The creature shrieked out. It giggled and giggled. W.E. was a bit embarrassed for being rude. It's perfectly fine to stare, as not everyone has met a four-eyed curling Belonga before. I am very pleased to meet your acquaintance. I am Reginald DeLonga III. Pleased to meet you, Reginald DeLonga III. I am Warwick Kiwi, but my friends just call me W.E. That's fantastic, W.E. Now we have some work to do. However, I must explain the four-eyed curling belonga species. We, the four-eyed curling belonga, have four eyes. Two on our head and two on our wrists. The eyes help our wrists to see places we can't put our head. It is because we don't have necks to extend, you see. Our names come from the great Eeyore Dicky Dicky Turlonga. The Berlonga family's name changes just the first letter. So we are Durlonga. My wife's family name is from the Furlonga family. My neighbours are the Furlongas. I think I understand, Reginald, but I do have a question. Go on then, W.E. You appear to be standing upright, so why are you called the Crawling Belonga? Evolution, W.E. At the time, the ancient Crawling Belonga were tired of being on the ground looking at the dirt constantly. Therefore, they slowly decided to stand upright. It took only two generations of Belonga. We changed physically, but kept the name. A tad confusing, I guess. Yes, it is, Reginald. Now, W.E., in our ancient language, to tell someone to hurry up and come with me, we say Hodge. So, Hodge, W.E. W.E. followed Reginald, not knowing what they were going to do. They went out of the tent and into a yard. There, a variety of different old appliances were thrown into a pile. Toasters, kettles, washing machines, microwaves and ovens littered the ground. Reginald shuffled over to a storage container. From it, he brought out a set of safety glasses, gloves, hard hats and high visibility vests. Putting on his safety glasses and gloves, W.E. felt Reginald assist him to put his high visibility vest on. We are very big on safety here, W.E. So please put on the Personal Protective Apparatus, or PPA. 
We don't want anyone to get hurt. Now they were both ready to work. But what exactly needed to be done, wondered W.E. Reginald marched forward with laser-like focus, picking up a toaster. He put one of his arms under it to see what it could be. I can see the model numbers underneath. This one can be recycled once it has been taken apart. The heating elements shall be used to make a foot warmer. First, where's my screwdriver? Reginald went back to the storage container. He came out wearing a tool belt around his wide belly. In one hand he held a screwdriver. With the other hand he pulled out a pair of pliers from the belt. The speed and precision at which Reginald opened up the toaster was magical. It was taken apart in less than 20 seconds flat. There were different colour bins that Reginald put different metals in. W.E. felt he could be in the way, as Reginald was very efficient. Right, it's time to learn, W.E. Take that kettle from the pile. W.E. found a silver kettle, but with black stains on the bottom. This one, Reginald? It looks like it's been in a fire. Well, sometimes a forgettle forgets. It doesn't know when to turn off, so it burns out. A bit sad to think of all the more cups of tea it could have made. Now take the pliers and strip off the outer plastic. Inside you'll find copper wires. Then throw them in the red copper bucket. And the rest is steel, so it can go in the steel bucket, which is blue. Taking the pliers, W.E. gently pulled back the plastic of the cord, and there under it were bright copper wires. He pulled them out, one by one. Reginald inspected, then pointed to the coloured buckets. What happens when the buckets are full, Reginald? Let's fill the red bucket up, then I can show you. I will make you second-in-command kettle dismantler. Let me find a few more for you. Reginald put his arms in the pile, looking for kettles. He was able to find them under all the other recycling. Sometimes, he would put only one arm in looking. W.E. noticed that when he looked with his eyes on his wrists, the eyes on his face would close slightly. This must have been to help with his concentration. Reginald would throw the kettles, then W.E. would catch them and make his own pile. Once the pile was as high as W.E.'s waist, Reginald stopped throwing the kettles. That should keep you going, W.E. Yes, this will fill up the buckets. With W.E. and Reginald worked away pulling appliances apart piece by piece. The buckets slowly but steadily filled till W.E. threw some copper wires in the bucket and they nearly fell out. Reginald came over to inspect. He put one arm in the bucket, looking at the wires. I do believe copper is my favourite colour, W.E. I love the way it shines in the sun. Most people like blue, green or even red. But not me, it's copper. What's your favourite colour, W.E.? Hmm, sky blue, Reginald. It helps me relax whenever I look at a blue sky. When I was a young chick, I would sit under a tree and stare up at the sky. As the sun would go down, it would change different colours, but the blue would always shine through for me. That's awesome, W.E. But you also want to see something that's, um, uh, also awesome inside? Sure, Reginald. Reginald lifted up the bucket of copper wires and went into the tent. As W.E. followed, the sounds of the machines grew louder and louder. It was hard to talk, as both of them had to put on earmuffs to protect their hearing. Different conveyor belts went by. Each one colour-coded, 
so WE looked for the red one for the red bucket of copper wire. When they found it, Reginald threw the wire into a chute that ran down to the conveyor belt. It whisked it along. Reginald pointed over in the distance to a small furnace. Hot and glowing, there the wires would go. From the furnace, the melted copper was pressed into sheets and stacked. Reginald beckoned for WE to follow through to another area. There, it was quiet and had many strange and peculiar contraptions. WE couldn't work out what any of them were for. One had a green button with a sign, Press Here. It had a set of metal rods with balls at the end of each one. The central motor of the machine was the same size as WE. Can I press this one, Reginald? Yes, but stand close by with your feet on the marks on the floor. Below the contraption were two feet marks showing you where to stand. WE faced the machine with his feet in place and pushed the button. The arms reached over him then twisted to his back. Each of the steel balls hit his back then started to vibrate up and down. It was a massage machine. Up and down his back it went, making WE relax. He could have stayed there for hours, but he was curious what other machines were there. How do I stop it, Reginald? WE called out. Reginald leaned in and pushed a red button. The arms methodically went back into position. Shaking his wings, WE was ready for more. Now all the machines in here are made from spare parts that people have thrown away. I'd like to see what I can make. This is the FBMM, the Fantastic Back Massage Machine. Over there is a foot roller, and the machine in pieces over there was the Nose Picker 98. Why the Nose Picker 98, Reginald? Um, that's a bit embarrassing. I won't judge you. It's because it's the 98th prototype. Every time I try a new nose picker, it doesn't seem to work. Either it's too strong, or too soft, or can't even find your nose. Well, we all have different noses, Reginald. Look at me. Kiwi birds have long beaks, and our nostrils are right at the end of them. Not up on our face. That would make it very hard to pick. Fair point, WE. The main reason we have to do this is to reduce all the waste, and we can reuse as much as we can. I'd like to make things to see what we can invent, and try and make people's life better. That's a very noble cause, Reginald. Reginald looked at W.E., then went over to a desk. With one arm, he looked behind a pile of paper. Then he pulled out a red box with gold trim. Hodge, W.E. W.E. went over, and as he did, Reginald opened the box. A kaleidoscope of fluorescent light streamed out. In the box were gemstones of all different colours. W.E. marvelled at them. Reginald gave a sky blue one with a red cloud in the middle to W.E. These are different stones I've collected from the rubbish. Take it please, as a gift from me to you. Have a seat back on the sofa next door. I will see what else I can find. I don't know what to say, Reginald. It's amazing. W.E. held the genstone in his wing tightly as he went next door. Sitting on the big green sofa, it felt more comfortable than it did at first. Staring at the gemstone's brilliant design, W.E. was mesmerised. How did the red cloud get in there? He kept staring. The sofa grew more and more cosy, till it felt like a bed of feathers. 
pillars of the gemstone started to change. W.E. could hear the rhythms of the train on the tracks. It was getting louder and louder. As W.E. looked at the gemstone, he could see a window behind it, then his wing. He was holding nothing, but looking through the window of the train out to the sunset. A single cloud was turning red as the sun faded. Looking through the cabin, he noticed everyone else had left. He must be the only one waiting for the final stop. He peered up at the notice board on the train. Only four minutes to a stop. The sky darkened as W.E. waited for his town stop, ending the day's journey. At work the next morning, Cameron the Whoop Bird was getting frustrated. As the company was short-staffed, Cameron was having a day in the workshop. Usually he worked in accounts. Cameron's good with numbers, but not with the mechanical devices. As W.E. came down to ask him for morning tea, Cameron's wings went up in despair. Oh, W.E., I've messed up again. He had tried to put some windscreen wiper blades on a newly designed car but they've broken them in two. These wiper blades were supposed to be in the slot in there, but I pushed too hard and broke both of them. That's no good, Cameron. Now, I'll have to throw them in the rubbish. Don't be so fast, Cameron. Maybe we could make something out of them. I don't see how. Imagination, my friend. W took both the blades over to a spare workbench. He laid them out flat, then measured to the centre of each one. With a drill, he made a hole in the centre. Threading a bolt and screw in the middle, he held it up so it bent. At one end, he wrapped some foam, holding it in place with sticky tape. He handed it to Cameron. There we go, I've made it. What's this, W.E.? The Itchomatic number one. Simple Cameron, hold it with one wing so the foam's at the end. Lift it up till it bends, then put the foam where it itches on your back. Cameron paused, then tried it. When the metal rods bent in the middle, he put the foam end where he could scratch his back. With his bum wiggling, W.E. knew Cameron had found the right spot. See Cameron? Don't throw it away. You might find another use for it. Well, we did today. The end. Don't forget to stay tuned for more adventures with W.E. Kiwi. That's another one done, Quark. Oh, that was a that that was an interesting story, Don. Well, we've got all different stories coming up. Did you listen to the books of perspective? Oh, the books of perspective. Yes, it made me think about a lot of things, Don. Yep, they can be for all ages.
Oh, yes, well, yes, yes. Are you ready to shut down? Here we go. Hold on, I'll just push this button. <coughs> Oops. Oh, here's this one. See, it's, it's, I'm still not getting a hang of this, John. But I'm gonna, I'll do the countdown. Shutting down in three, two, one. I think that worked. Oh, maybe I do it the other way around. Shutting down in one, two, three. <laughs>